0: Hello everyone once again for volume four of the Disney compendium, uh, the 1941 classic Dumbo, um, one of Disney's shorter feature-length films. I am your host, JJ, and on the other end of my line over here is...
1: Nick. I am Nick, and um, JJ, we're talking off the air. And boy, are we going to have a conflict of opinion here? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, look, uh, we'll get to it. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get Please. to it. So, yeah, uh, Dumbo. Uh, like I said earlier, this movie just clocks in just over an hour at sixty-four minutes. So, it uh, very it, it it moves. That was one of the things we were talking about. It clips along at a breakneck speed and doesn't waste a whole lot of
1: time just giving you a story. <laughs> it's the Rocky four of Disney animated features. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dumbo has to get revenge on the clowns.
1: Yeah. Let's <laughs> get rid of the clowns.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's reasons uh, for why this movie is the way it is. We'll get to it in a bit, but I think we should get a little bit of backstory on Dumbo because typically, Disney movies, have been sort of adaptions in one way or another, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Pinocchio, they were adaptions of, you know, fairy tales and other pre-existing stories, and Fantasia, you could argue, like, you know, it's adaptions of, visual adaptions of the music or, you know, the Sorcerer's Apprentice poem and stuff like that, so. Yeah. There's the adaptions. Dumbo is a little different because it is not really a, an, an adaption of a story in the traditional sense. It, um, it's adapted from the storyline for a toy.
1: From
0: a toy. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, like those panorama things where it's just like, you know, they, they, they spin around and they're like, t- like have artwork and stuff on them and things. It was called Rollabook, book. And it was a storyline for the main character of jumbo jr. Um, huh. yeah. So it, it's, it's a different sort of, um, it it has uh, eight draw eight drawings in it and some text and you know it's just a little it's just yeah it's a t- it's a children's toy essentially so you know it's the it's it's the GI Joe or the uh, Transformers of the forties essentially you know it's, well uh, make a cartoon or, around this toy idea <laughs>
1: so. I mean or you could say comparatively speaking like maybe how Rudolph the Reindeer was like a, a promotion by Montgomery Ward's yeah and it yeah. became it became Christmas Canon.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so it's very kind of, yeah. So Disney heard about it. They had a, uh, they had the merchandising guy, Kay Kamen. Uh He saw it and, um, you know, relayed that to uh, the Disney company. And they're like, this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so,
1: you know, you know what we didn't do with those last movies, make money off of anything. Yeah. So that's merchandise the yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, so they they got the rights to Dumbo, the, the Jumbo Junior. Uh, so Dumbo, it's <laughs> Dumbo is a cruel nickname. <laughs> so we still call him Dumbo to this day, uh, even though it's not his name.
1: <laughs>
0: his name is Jumbo. Jumbo Junior. Junior. Uh, so uh, Dumbo is just what they call him because you know he's dumb. So that was their. You know, it doesn't talk. I is, But is he dumb, or does he just have big dumb ears? But also remember, people used to call mute people dumb. Ah,
1: uh, yeah. So 1940s. he doesn't. Talk.
0: He doesn't have a voice actor or anything. He doesn't talk throughout the entire story, the entire movie. So because um, remember, they also used to call uh, Rudolph dumb too, and that's going back to that because he also he didn't talk for a while, so they were worried
1: he was dumb. <laughs> So, what, one of the one of the many problems with social norms that were present in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yes, just one of the just
0: one, just one of the many issues we have to touch upon when we get through this mm-hmm. Um. So, so uh, the movie is the obviously the follow up to Fantasia, where Fantasia made um, quite quite literally zero dollars for anybody at the time, like. It didn't make its money back at the thing. There wasn't at the the box office. And, you know, they were in debt to other studios. And the people that lent them money didn't get their money back. uh, Disney's having some problems at this point. So uh, it comes down like, okay, we've got the war in Europe. So we're not getting any money from overseas tickets. Uh, We need we need an influx of money we need to make money so we need to make this movie as quickly and cheaply as possible so that's why watching this movie it's 64 minutes it doesn't have the same sort of um, flourish i guess would be the right word like it doesn't have like the sort of minute attention to detail and everything that you would get from the previous three movies
1: and there, another, thing, now, another thing that oh, no, not a lot of exposition for this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah they, they, and they the don't thing, spend a lot of time... This thing, in
1: this thing, thing, this thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: um, yeah there's, there's not a whole lot of like, Let's just, this will be a fun scene. It doesn't really mean anything, but it'll be a fun scene. But there's none of that. <laughs> um, and, and also, and we're going to get to it in a little more detail in a little bit after we sort of talk about this, the movie itself a little bit, but this is also a victim of the studio strike of 1941. Um, so, so the strike happened after the sort of initial rough animation of the, like, started for, or finished for Dumbo. So, you know, they, they ran into some, uh, unexpected roadblocks, <laughs> although unexpected to Walt and not unexpected to a lot of the other people <laughs> working at the company. Uh, and so... Had a lot of stuff working against it. Yeah, this movie had it. a lot working against it. Yeah, but I mean, it 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 worked for uh, in the end. I mean, this movie makes money. Uh, it had a budget nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Made one point six, so not a lot of money, but it did make money. This movie had its worldwide. This is a, this is a good time to talk about this one because this movie's uh, uh, premiere is October 23rd, 1941. So we're only a couple of days away from the anniversary
1: of Dumbo's premiere in New York. And this is also, think, also two months before Pearl Harbor, so...
0: Well, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know. This is also, also why this movie was was pushed out in the time it was, because think about we the last two episodes, we've been talking about how they're working on Bambi. Bambi's Mm -hmm. still not out yet at this point, and so Dumbo comes out before Bambi because Bambi's taking a lot of time and costing them a lot of money and a lot of resources. So the Bambi will be the next movie, and that'll be like, well, we made money, so we can, you know, now spend money again. So, (laughs) but yeah, this movie has its uh, worldwide release opening, not worldwide, but like its wide release in the United States because there was no worldwide opening for this movie given the
1: time frame it's in. Yeah, because, again, we hadn't joined World War II yet. Everybody else fully engaged.
0: Yes, fully engaged. There was no, you were getting no money from Europe at all, like, period. Uh, And it comes into play a little later because money that they were making in Europe post-war had to stay in Europe. So that's why you start seeing Disney pivoting towards live action, so they could go overseas and film movies in Europe, using money that they have locked up in Europe because they can't get it to the studio to make whatever cartoon they were working on or whatever they're working on at the studio at the time. Um, that's neither here nor there because we're not going to talk about any of those movies. But just figure, shove that in there. But yeah, Halloween. Halloween is when it had its nationwide opening, so you know. When this, when we're when we're recording this, it's a pretty timely uh, movie. Two
1: weeks, out, yeah. I now now I'm disappointed because I this is how I learned that we're not going to cover the comp- computer war tennis shoes. So thanks, JJ.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, look at after we get cover all the animated movies. Who knows what the future holds? We could live action, theme parks, all kinds of stuff. The, the world is our oyster. <laughs> That's
1: gonna be for our But only after 57 weeks of (laughs) cartoons. (laughs) That's for our follow-up podcast, Kurt Russell and a Turtleneck in the 60s. Yeah,
0: so literally everything Kurt Russell was in in the 60s. (laughs) But yeah, let's just, now we can actually get to the movie, and this is where we get to the point of contention between me and Nick, because I kind of don't really like this movie. I'm not going to say I hate it, but (laughs) it is my least favorite so far of the ones that we've been going through. Of, of of the four that we'll be doing after today this one's the bottom of
1: the list for me and i love this movie and of the four we've done it's not my favorite i i i'm gonna go ahead and give you like my, my list now in a way like it's of the ones we've reviewed so far it's going to be my second favorite behind fantasia okay but i love but i love dumbo
0: and it's it, it's not anything it's like it doesn't have much to do with like The movie itself. The movie is super charming, I think. Like you really feel they do a good job of making you feel for Dumbo in 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 the movie. And you you feel emotionally connected to Dumbo like out the gate. Yeah, like
1: I mean they set that as soon as you know, Baby of Mine kicks in, they set that tone pretty quick. I absolutely love that song. Yeah. That that is a phenomenal (laughs) song.
0: I, I it's probably one of, it, it, it's because it's so sweet and tender, and it's like a little, it, it is like the kind of song that you expect your like mom to sing you when you were a little boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it and, it, it, and it, is, it, it, pl- it serves its purpose really well, and it's a really, really good song. It Everyone remembers the song we'll get to in a little bit of uh, the Elephant Fly song, but uh, I think it's it's such a good song it was nominated for an academy
1: award well i mean it was it was, a, it was a, you know if you guys, if you guys have seen the live action tra- uh, teaser trailer they yeah. use like a kind of like a more melodic version of that song which is a good idea yes. but also i like the casey junior song a lot yeah
0: i can't yeah i can't you can't, can't talk anything bad about the Casey. G- the music in this is fantastic. Period. The music in this movie is absolutely fantastic. It's yes. it's wonderfully scored. It's got some really good, like so- memorable songs in it. The Casey Junior song's great. Uh, Baby Mine is great. And even as problematic as it is, <laughs> you know, the, the, I've seen an Elephant Fly song is is
1: pretty good. It's a pretty
0: good memorable song.
1: Um you, you know what's funny? And I, I was thinking about this. So of movies we've done so far, we've done Fantasia, and we've done uh, No, and And, and so I think this is the only one that, for its time, you know, it was contemporary for the the period in which it was made. Meaning, everything looks like it was kind of nineteen forties style.
0: Yeah, it's sort of because because it's circus themed. It's sort of it has a sort of timelessness to it because. Circuses, even to this day, still maintain that theme. <laughs> like you step into a circus, and it does feel like it is, you know, a, a time, you know, time capsule of when circuses were at their peak, and like everyone's dressed in their conductor outfits, you know, a ringmaster, and you know things like that, you know, clowns and what have, like you know, it's a it, uh, it it because of and the music, as we were saying earlier, is. Contemporary yes. enough too.
1: The yeah. music sounded like like nineteen forties era music. Yeah, yeah. Like you can like you can imagine like the Andrews sister singing "Baby of Mine."
0: Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, obvi- obviously, some of the it's obviously the "Elephant Fly" song, um,
1: little 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 more dated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay, but, we'll, we'll get to. The- I also pink elephants. Great song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Pink Elephants on Parade.
1: <laughs> it is Beware. A, yeah. Beware. Yeah. What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. What do uh, I do?
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the music in this is absolutely my favorite part of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, think, yeah. No. I think it's, I, think it's, I mean, like you take Fantasia out of the equation because you can't really say like, of the, of the movies we've talked about so far, it's got the best soundtrack because Fantasia really technically has the best soundtrack. It's just because of the way it's cheating. Original soundtrack.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's original, best original soundtrack.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the best. Yeah. In-house original soundtrack. Right. Uh, But okay. We haven't even really talked about much of the movie other than so like, um, I mean it really is just a it really is just a movie about bullying. <laughs>
1: kind of and how terrible everybody in the world is.
0: There are only there are only like two people that are like overwhelmingly nice to him, with his mom and, and Timothy, Timothy Q mouse. And the crows like warm up to him.
1: Like, yeah, and, it, and even at the end, at first, but then
0: they hear his story and they're like, "Oh, never mind. Yeah, you're cool."
1: <laughs> and at the end, the uh, the the cranky old bitty ele- elephants kind of are cool with him, which is weird. Yeah, like all of a sudden he's famous. Like, oh man, yeah, I was with you from, from the beginning, dog. Yeah, remember me from yeah. the, remember me from the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it really is this super like.
0: This movie's, you know, it, it, it spends a lot of time doing nothing. Like, it just, like, we got we got to, It doesn't spend a lot of time doing anything. It's just like, okay, here he is. He's Here's the storks doing their delivery. And now we've got the... Oh, here's, here's the elephant. He's got big ears. Isn't that weird? <laughs> you know, like... Uh, they all like they got the storm scene where they're like setting up the circus tents and stuff, and then yeah. Dumbo gets dirty, so you have to clean him, and then you know, he's getting teased by all the everyone else again and,
1: a lot of ridicule,
0: yeah, and like like and you know it, to, to be fair in terms of how it plays out because mom gets um Mrs. Jumbo gets locked up because she attacks the kids.
1: Mad elephant.
0: Yeah, so they have to lock her up, and it's like, well, I mean, like, the elephant, like, it, it's garbage that, you know, this, you know, you have an elephant, <laughs> like, like back then it was okay, but, you know, she did attack, try to attack kids, and I get, like, they're, they don't know, yeah. like, I get why she's locked up,
1: but. Yeah, but to be fair, the kid was a ginger, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to apologize on behalf to all redheaded people for my co-host. Uh,
1: I do, uh, and I also want to apologize uh, to our redheaded people for your lack of souls. So, <laughs> thank, thank,
0: thank you. For, uh, sorry,
1: sorry. We are sorry. not going
0: to get that Wendy's sponsorship. Ah! <laughs> Thank uh, you. I wanted a Baconator, but now I'm going to have to pay for it like a sucker.
1: <laughs> well, you, you, hey, kind of uh, like redeeming myself here. Uh, so, you know, we always talk about how like, the first time we saw these movies. Um, yeah. And you you're, you mentioned the stork kind of reminded me because it was Sterling Holloway to the boys of the stork. Yes. First time I Sterling saw this Holloway movie. was in virtually everything. <laughs> me, yes. The first time I saw this movie was actually like my grandma had a VHS tape. She'd taped off the Disney channel or something, and it was this and, and Lambert. Who and, and he was the stork in that as well.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. Good. So you just that's your that's your entry point into the work of him. It's, it's a stork on stork.
1: <laughs> Mama. Well you know what? Lambert's actually not that different from Dumbo, so I wonder if that's why they aired at the same time. Yeah.
0: They're similar. <laughs> Yeah, so then we have the, like, Dumbo screwing up the pyramid stunt.
1: And I almost said you did screw up the pyramid scheme, like what?
0: Yeah, no, they, it was, yeah, he, he signed up to sell cosmetics to the other
1: elephants. Dumbo, Dumbo was a M L M MLM hun. <laughs> But no,
0: yeah. So yeah, so that's where everything just falls apart for Dumbo completely. Is like he, now he's a cl- he's a clown
1: elephant. Which, so that's fun. we we'll just, we'll just dump on this, this baby group. elephant the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so. I mean, again, there's like there's nobody in this movie besides Timothy and his mom, and yeah. to a lesser extent the crows that have any redeeming qualities. Yeah, no, period. Like,
0: I don't... It is weird to me that they they are treating this animal both as an animal and as sort of, like, a person because they're punishing him by making him, like, a clown. Like, the elephant doesn't know, if it were really an elephant, exactly what's going on. Like, yeah. So the punishment means nothing except to you. Unless you accept the fact that these, in this universe, animals have, uh, you know, you know, human-like
1: attributes or whatever. So, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean in, in this universe, animals do have the ability to sing.
0: Yeah, yeah, but do but do the clowns know that? Like, you know, or
1: whatever. So. I don't know.
0: Or is it? Or is it, or is it like no a, soul? Is it a Toy Story situation where they only they, they're only allowed to talk and sing when humans aren't
1: around? They never well, I mean, the humans are at any point going like, "Hey, look at those crows up there on the line, dressed in like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, zoot suits and yeah. and, and, yeah. and yeah. pork pie hats." Yeah, that's <laughs> a
0: thing. You would think, like, if you saw that, you'd be like, "Man, we need to get them into the circus. This is an." Act. Right? <laughs> Also, I love, um, I love the, uh, the uh, I was reading the uh, Wikipedia uh, plot summary for this, just for fun, because that's sometimes really fun to do, and because it's so short, it's like two paragraphs long, <laughs> and I love their uh, their follow-up after he becomes a clown, and they explain, like, you know, he falls into a vat of pie filling, because the next line is sums up the uh, story of Dumbo really, really well. Uh, despite his newfound popularity and fame, Dumbo dislikes this job and is now more miserable than ever.
1: <laughs> Dumbo the first millennial. Yeah.
0: Just, we're just like more miserable than ever. So so what Dumbo. does he do? He's he's reached his he's reached his absolute rock bottom he's sad he's crying so what happens timothy q mouse takes him for a drink he gets drunk how about a big square one yeah. just like okay not intentionally obviously the way the the way it plays out in the movie is they drink from a water bucket which the clowns knocked champagne into which is Clowns drinking champagne after a circus performance seems like just
1: the weirdest. <laughs> so it's just like, like these clown's going to get a bottle of crystal. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. It's, like, it's not like, like the way you've mentally picked your clowns, it's like, oh yeah, those high society
1: clowns celebrating <laughs> With their bottle of. And also, like, this is a pretty big water bucket, so that champagne's not diluted at all, or. Yeah, but also, I
0: mean, Timothy Q Mouse, I can understand. He's like, you know, he's 12 ounces himself. Like, you know, it doesn't take much to, <laughs> to get him drunk. Uh, Jumbo Jr. here
1: feels like he needs a substantial more amount of <laughs> booze. So, so, so we're on the subject Timothy, rich man or poor man is Jiminy Cricket? <laughs>
0: Uh, he, it's almost a lateral move because he's certainly poor, but like he, he I think he, he does a much better job at being a uh, support character for Dumbo. Like he doesn't abandon him once he partners up with him. <laughs> so he's actually a better. He's better at being Dumbo's conscience than Jiminy Cricket was.
1: Well, and I'll tell you, here's why I like Timothy better than Jiminy Cricket. And I love Jiminy Cricket, but Timothy's got an edge to him. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, he, he verbally berates the crows for giving yeah. for giving Dumbo like yeah. making Dumbo feel bad.
0: He's a carny, and we love our carnies. Me and Nick. So, <laughs> hey, brother. You take a Texas two-step slip of the banana peel and go home. <laughs> like, uh, Another Life, Timothy Q. Mouse would be, like, a wrestling promoter for a mouse wrestling go get. St. Sheila. the marks out here. Um, I mean, and also, it's really – I like that it's a mouse. It's really cute because of the whole, you know, elephants are afraid of mice thing, so <laughs> – it's a it's a good it's a good choice
1: for Timothy to be this, a little mouse that and it works forever. because the uh, the busybody elephants the ones who were ridiculed him in the beginning are afraid of Timothy, and Dumbo's just too innocent to have an opinion. Have an opinion on Timothy at all? Exactly. Yeah, like, so yeah, that's
0: when so they get they get drunk off of uh, clown champagne <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, I fucking like need to I need to bottle that stuff now. <laughs> yeah, Disney clown
0: champagne. Yeah, I, I feel like that's something that we would you would find at Disney World. Like <laughs> over at Epcot, you can get a fresh bottle of uh, clown champagne. <laughs> it's just, it's watered down. It's ninety percent water.
1: I I feel like I feel like clown champagne is not <laughs> it's something like you would get at the uh, at the Samco at two in the morning. And you're just going through. You're just, you're just working through some stuff with your climate yeah. shipping
0: It comes in a paper bag. It's great, yeah. uh, but it's a. Uh, but that's where you get the ever so infamous uh, pink elephants on parade hallucination scene, which uh, absolutely terrified me
1: as a child. <laughs> I, I think yeah, it, it's. It, I always think of pink elephants parade and on parade and half. Heth- Ephilum's and woozles. And are always we- kind of, they're always kind of like intertwined for me. As yeah, far as like, can, oh my god. Yeah, you can you could probably string them back to back and you
0: wouldn't know that it was two separate songs, I would I think. <laughs> um, but um uh, yeah, I just remember being
1: like as a kid, it's very just visually upsetting. <laughs> Well, this part like oh, they're ice skating, and now they're like doing some horrible, (laughs) yeah, just like you know, body horror and stuff,
0: (laughs) like human centipede elephant stuff. Yeah, it's and and it's all in that like like high vis color scheme of neons and stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but that it, it dovetails like that. That moment of horror of horribleness uh, dovetails in a completely different style of horribleness after that, because they wake up in a tree the next day, and uh, uh, that's where they—that's where they—they they've figure out like, well, the only reason we could have gotten up here is if you flew up here. Don't know. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's logic. That's logic. That seems logical. A giant, a giant elephant flew up there. It's your first thought, I guess. <laughs>
1: I love how, like, we're about. So, this movie's kind of like, hey, man, drinking's bad, and he's got a hangover, and he feels terrible. Yeah. But this, this other thing we're about to show you is totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's.
0: And then, so this is when you run into the crows.
1: Yeah. And
0: so, the crow, <laughs> the lead crow is literally named Jim Crow. hmm. <laughs> And, yep. boy, oh boy, is it a very special scene. <laughs> it, uh,
1: to, okay, I, I, I want to equate it to Am- Amos and Andy levels of racism. Yeah. But I guess the fact that they actually got, like, African-Americans to do the voice acting makes it slightly
0: less terrible. Yeah, except well, except for except for Jim Crow. Yeah, <laughs> the lead crow is you know his 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 number one hit song is uh, "Singing in the Rain," <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know. And so uh, he's out he's out here speaking. Yeah, like, <coughs> I don't know. You can't really talk about it without like. How it's okay. Jive- I I speak jive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's weird and I. It's hard to watch. Like, yeah. Now. It's a, yeah. It's a fun song, but also you listen to it and you're like, I don't know about this, boss. <laughs> like, this yeah. is a, this, just
1: like this really exaggerated way of speaking.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It, it is the old, like, you know. Al Jolson style, like this is the African American dialect. This is exactly how they talk and sing, and I'm going to sing exactly like that. With you know, I mean, you have to admit the one thing is they're probably the s- smartest characters, those crows, in this entire movie. Like, oh, absolutely! Like, well, they, they they understand wordplay. They understand
1: <laughs> like a lot of stuff going on, but. Well, the thing is about the crows, and so it's unconflicted in a way because they're terrible stereotypes. Yeah. They're just awful. But on another level, I actually freaking love the crows in this movie. I don't. Like, as that. characters, I love the they're, crows.
0: They are the most fully realized, like, non main characters. Like, even the mom isn't really that, you know
1: multi-dimensional
0: of a character like you understand these crows who they are what their motivations are what they you know they're the most entertaining uh like like secondary characters in the movie and it's hard to sort of like and it sucks because like they they just so racist it and this is 1941 like we're already starting to move away from some of that stuff, but Disney Studios is just to, like holding strong to this
1: whole. No, thing. no, it's totally fine.
0: Yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, it's okay because in a <laughs> coming up shortly, you're going to have uh, uh, different, different uh, culturally acceptable racism. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: like, well, I, but, because you of know. The th- world, the thing with the crows is, and I look at this level. Like you think of all the supporting characters in the movies we've done so far. Yeah, the crows are the only ones I would actually like want to hang out with so far. Yeah, like I want to hang out with the crows. They seem friggin' rad. They seem fun. They
0: seem like they're having a good time out there. They know, they know what they want in life, and they, they've they're taking it. So, <laughs> um, awful, so I'm sorry. Still, still terrible. Still terrible. Still absolutely okay. terrible um and, and, and like i just wish his name wasn't jim crow <laughs> like it's not like yeah boy and, and because it's like it's also the most uh popular song and stuff it's but you know disney won't for good reason like there's no there's no crows merchandise
1: <laughs> wasn't there a gosh there was something uh, years, ago, uh, last year or year before with Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, when she and was she, getting
0: her. Uh, yeah, when she was getting her um, uh, Disney Legend Award.
1: Yeah, that was,
0: that was her. That was she was like, yeah, the, the, everyone knows that that song, like.
1: Merchandise to crows. Award.
0: Yeah, sell it. I mean, that is a discussion for people that aren't us. <laughs> yep <laughs> that is i don't like i recognize this as like who boy but like i i i can never really fully understand how that would affect somebody to see that or to go into the store and see these and see like a hallmark ornament of these crows and you push the button and they start singing the song
1: <laughs> yeah yeah like, i, I or, or but like here's t- the thing, like
0: though. Just seeing a guy like me wandering around wearing a, a t shirt with a couple of zoot suit wearing crows using, you know, some period appropriate, you know, <laughs> African American dialect or shirt on the shirt or something like, you know, like.
1: <laughs> well, let me let me ask you a question though. Like you you brought it up though. Yeah. Now the shirts one thing, yeah. but if they made, if they made like Hallmark ornaments of the crows. I would buy those frickin' ornaments. Yeah, well... You can't, and you can't tell me you wouldn't do the same. Look it.
0: Look it. I know who I am, and I accept the fact that, yes, I would absolutely buy the crow ornaments. And like, feel I, bad about it.
1: <laughs> like, this is terrible, but I love you some sweet crow merch.
0: <laughs> look, uh, So... Yeah, I mean... The, the, there... There is very little in terms of the production outright about this movie that has much interest to it because it was very straightforward uh, animation style. It was done on the cheap. It was done quick and easy. And, you know, it it came out when it was supposed to come out for the most part. Like it was their 1941 movie and they got it out by Halloween before Christmas. Um, uh, The biggest you know, the war is underway, so that was a big hurdle for them, so they're not getting their European, you know, but it doesn't affect the production of the movie too much. A little bit. Okay. It, can't, it, can't, it can't stop helping it a little bit because, of, you know, they're going to have shortages of certain things and stuff, but for the most part, it doesn't, it doesn't affect it. What does affect it is on May 29th, 1941, the animators at Walt Disney Studios went on strike. And um, it lasted for over a month. I think five weeks is the official length of it.
1: There's, and that's a, that is a whole other podcast. That
0: is a whole other podcast, but I feel like we should at least touch a little bit on like what happened, at least. Um, Because it's going to have, it's going to have major effect on pretty much everything from here on out.
1: Um, Yeah. There's a, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, what's, that, the, uh, what's that documentary? It's a PBS documentary, American PBS, Life of yeah. Walt Disney. Disney it Walt has a Disney. really good segment about that.
0: Yeah, it has um, absolutely the worst piece of audio that has ever been recorded from Walt's mouth. Uh, yeah. And it is him with a meeting that he held with the animators Basically explaining why they shouldn't unionize and why it's such a great place to work and why people who aren't getting raises aren't getting raises and what have you. And, you know, Walt was, I mean, look at Walt's, Walt is a Southern, Southern boy business owner. (laughs) You know, of course he's a very staunch Republican. Of course he doesn't want his studios to unionize. And he just comes across as the absolute biggest jerk throughout all of this. So the, you know, he had his antagonizers. Art Babbitt was a major antagonizer of Walt. And they like, you know, <laughs> there's like, you know, fist fights between them that got, you know, they, they had to break up and, you know, make sure they
1: didn't, like, <laughs> they're going to kill each other if they're in the same room. We can't they, they do that. Fight. Well, yeah. I mean, they- so so yeah, Walt's you know uh s- stance on the union thing kind of it's kind of a foreshadowing to his testimony at the McCarthy hearings,
0: yeah, and uh, pretty much pretty much after World War two Walt is committed wholeheartedly to the idea that the communists are trying to bring down the studio. <laughs> And they're the reason behind the, the strike and the unionization talks and everything. And there's not, there's, there's certainly not any proof of that, but there is like, oh, like, there's a couple like, okay, this guy was associated with the Communist Party in the United States and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of this stuff... which is not what this podcast is for because look at, I can go into extreme details about the ins and outs of Walt's life, but like, that's not what this podcast is about because like this stuff also is why you get the, uh, the, the rumor that won't, that never will die of Walt being incredibly anti-Semitic. And things like that, like, because of, like, the people he got associated with during this time frame, during the McCarthy hearings, during all of this, were not in it, were not in the best interest for him or his studio, but he was so dead set on paying back anyone that did him wrong <laughs> during this studio. I mean, if you, during this strike, and I mean, you can look at the list of um, who they lost uh, because of the strike. They lost, uh, if, if you know anyone, um, if you recognize a name from these, you you they're, they're pretty much gone. Like, you know, um, Tee Hee was always a good animator because it had, like, what are the chances you're a cartoonist and you're, <laughs> you go by the name Tee Hee? Uh, you, know, you know, obviously you lost Art Babbitt and Bill Tytla, uh Walt Kelly, a, a lot of these guys. Um and a lot of them go go to the other studios, you know. You can, you're going to eventually get some of these people like working to you know take away from Walt. You know, you're gonna get that's where you get uh, Looney Tunes and things. Is you know now all of a sudden there's an influx of really well trained uh, cartoonists going to the MGM cartoon studios or whatever. So <laughs> that would
1: explain why uh, Tom and Jerry was so well animated, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: So, I mean, by the time the strike was over, they had less than 700 employees at the animation of the studio. So, you know, not a good time. The strike really sort of... It, it, oh, and and the strike also has uh, an effect on Gumbo because obviously it happened um, during animations. It slowed everything down and you got scabs and everything. And... um. Uh, some of the clowns in Dumbo are based off of some of the picketers. So,
1: <laughs> oh, that's it. I did not know that. And that's yeah. just, that's the worst thing. Yeah. No, so, I'm sorry. It's not the worst thing on this movie, but it's close.
0: Yeah. It's, it's real petty. Like, you know, hmm. yeah. So,
1: yeah. Walda has some similarities with another, uh, a self-made uh, Self- businessman that you and I are well acquainted with.
0: Yeah, it, yeah.
1: It's whose product we may have, we may fall in and out of love with at times.
0: <laughs> uh, just, just listen. We'll just say it's a wrestling re- wrestling reference, and we'll just get on with it because
1: it's, his 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 name rhymes with Wince McCam.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But, so I guess now we just got to get to I mean that, that, there is so much you could talk about with the strike altogether. Um, because it really was it happened during the heart of the production of this movie and it affected the movie quite a bit. But uh, that's I mean last week's episode was the fantasia episode was almost 2 hours long and right. uh,
1: because it's a long we
0: time. can't we can't have this podcast run that much longer than the movie it's about. <laughs>
1: yeah, but there's so much stuff surrounding this movie and so many things that you can culturally and like politically and whatever. Yeah. And, and again, J.J. and I are not the guys to talk about that, but we can kind of...
0: Yeah, I mean, like I, I think, I think t- if I can get you something. to just maybe read a story or look up news reports and stuff about the... Uh, the cartoonish strike and sort of learn about that stuff, I think that'd be great. It's an interesting story. It's interesting to see how that played out, what happened, what was the... I mean, the aftermath is obviously we're going to get to the aftermath real soon, because after Bambi... Um, after Bambi, you have the aftermath of both the strike and the war. So... <laughs> you... Uh, it's a double it's a double down on this stuff. So Because um, Bambi was at least being worked on throughout all of this. Through... Since since the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs episode, they've been working on Bambi. So, you know, it, it it's not as as it, it's his hands weren't as much tied behind what was going on in his universe at the time because a lot of Bambi's work had been done during the high times in the studio and stuff. So.
1: Um, there was a. So I was going to ask you, and it kind of answered my question in my head, so I'll, I'll yeah. go and voice it. Do you think this movie was helped or hindered by World War II? Uh,
0: this, this one, I don't think World War II had particularly. Outside of money made, uh, I, I think it was hindered in the sense where they felt the pressure to just make a quick buck movie. Um, because I think, that, I, I think if the world if the war wasn't happening, I think even with the strike, if the war wasn't happening, this movie might have been a little longer. Maybe had some more gag scenes thrown in, or what have you. Would or if nothing else, would have been animated differently. Um, well, the
1: reason I ask is because you know, like okay, at the end of this movie, you know, this movie comes in October forty one, yeah. and in the movie they can even see like the military buys up bunch of. Dumbo airplanes, yeah. And after the war breaks out, you know, uh, D- Dumbo is like on a, a painted and Dave Dumbo insignias are like painted on a lot of military uh, aircraft. And so it, it, it and, and you know, also we're in World War Two, so people need escapism. Yeah, and you go to movies.
0: And, well, yeah, and and so that's. Uh, Disney, especially during the war was very was very important in Disney has a very significant like role in the war effort
1: mm-hmm. good and bad
0: both good and bad and I mean there's really no place to fit this in because obviously during Bambi we could fit this in and then during the Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros episodes, you can fit this in and stuff. But so, but I, I think now's is as good a time as any because we're in the middle of World War II and we're about to enter the war as a country. Um, so the, the studio ends up getting taken over by the United States military. Like it becomes a sort of, you know, a, a, a hub for the military. And Disney no longer really gets to make movies at this point. Um, they, I mean, they do but they're now basically a propaganda arm for the military. So you'll see a lot of, you know, the Fuhrer's face and, yeah. you know, like uh, Donald Duck in Nutsy and a lot of war stuff. You'll see Chippa Dale cartoons and stuff, you know, all the shorts were typically like, they were working on other like military stuff. They were like, um, and, and you don't really make a whole lot of money from that. They, they, they cover production costs and that's it. You know, you're not, you're not making money for the next one. They're just paying you to get out this. They, they were doing um educational like films, like what you would watch right. in school about like hygiene and like <laughs> hygiene films and things. And um, there were they were working on like uh, a Gremlins cartoon at one point.
1: Um, oh, the little guys in the airplane. The little yeah. guys
0: in the airplanes were working on that at one point. Never really came to fruition, but there was like a book and everything. Like it, it, there was never a movie, but like you can see a lot of gremlins references to things. And for whatever reason, um, (laughs) Walt became obsessed with um, like a a research paper, essentially like a a book, a story about victory through air power. and It was going to be how we were going to win the war through um, these long-distance airplane bombing run kind of stuff. It, it, its It's a weird thing, and he ended up making a, like, feature length movie based on this guy's like premise of how we're going to win the war with airplanes and stuff. And,
1: uh, American propaganda news presents victory through air power. Yeah, I mean, and... The future, you know, we'll have cars that drive themselves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And like, and it, it exists. It's it's a movie that came out. It was relatively well received for you know being essentially, it is most blatant propaganda possible because it's not really doing anything but showing you trying to sway opinion on using this guy's military strategy. <laughs> so it's it's a very weird thing that exists, and Disney has a whole. It's it's not easy to find per se, if you want to own it. But they actually did put out a um, box set when they used to do um, their Walt Disney Treasures uh, DVD sets. And they have a whole set of Disney during World War II.
1: Which is fascinating stuff.
0: It is absolutely. Of all of the Disney Treasures ones, I think it's one of the more fascinating sets altogether. Because, I mean, most of them are like... You know, this is all of the black and white Mickey Mouse cartoons, this is all the colored Mickey Mouse cartoons, here's the Donald Duck cartoons, here's the Pluto cartoons, but they, they also branch out a little bit, they have like, here's the f- entire first uh, season of the Mickey Mouse Club, or uh, the, uh, you know, Spin and Marty, or
1: <laughs> uh, Zora. I've, I've, I've already vo- I've already voiced my uh, my, <laughs> my like, disdain for Spin and Marty. They also did a couple
0: on like one of them was Tomorrowland, which also has some World War II connections, but it was, like, uh, you know, based when they were trying to get the theme park open, and he had, like, Werner Von Braun, who, if anyone knows anything about World War II history, like, you know, he, like, he had a hand in sort of teaching, doing some stuff and with Disney, trying
1: to, like, about rockets and stuff and stuff. So yeah, I so am, World War I, I, one I, am I am become Disney. I <laughs> <have> become.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, so but, uh, yeah so it, I, it, I recommend checking out the World War II one just because it's fascinating and it's also very fun to see um, on on the DVD it's very fun to see Leonard Maltin trying
1: to like let you know like look <laughs> explain away a lot of things.
0: Explain away I have to explain to you why these are incredibly racist Japanese caricatures in these cartoons
1: and I am not going to pretend like it's okay but we, <laughs> so. so I, I guess the, here's here's the big question about this movie okay so r- runtime is 64 minutes right? yes how do for? <laughs> how, is, how is Tim Burton going to pad out a live action adaption of this?
0: I mean, wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, I, yeah. How does Tim Burton pad out a live action adaption, but also how do you, how does Peter Jackson turn King Kong into a three hour movie? Like, or how do Debutably you? debatably know, awfully. Yeah. Not well is the answer. You know, even like, you know, the jungle book wasn't a particularly long movie and the live action ones longer. Same with beauty and the beast.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, bs had that little like, "Oh, hey, here's I mean,
0: a" Like if you just add, if you just make it an hour and a half, you're only adding 20 some odd minutes to the movie. I mean,
1: so you do add a add a couple of musical numbers, maybe add a
0: musical number, maybe pad out some of the uh pad out some of the other story plots, you know, just lengthen out some of the circus performance
1: stuff, stretch turn it to, out. The, do turn more. the Frozen turn the crows into uh Eskimos
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That won't. That's
1: that's not less racist, Nick. That's better <laughs> <laughs> no, just Eskimos. Hold on, Dumbo. Let's. What's have this whale blubber?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I will be interested to see what that turns into. Like, what? Like, I have I visually a Dumbo is a perfect Tim Burton. Yeah, Yes.
1: Yeah. Because
0: he, like, he has, his, you know, it, it, it will look all like Beetlejuice, like it, it, when he
1: turns into the circus. <laughs> like, yeah. I want Denny Elfman doing the score for it.
0: Yeah. And I'll be interested to see how they touch what cultural reference they replace the Crows with. It's got to be
1: something. Well, I mean, I, I imagine they can still do the Crows with African-American voice actors. Have it but be, like. But have not, it, like, not terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't have it be just, like, this super, like, two-on-the-nose hip-hop trio or something. like. Have it be yeah. Something. Yeah,
1: let's not do that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh,
0: but, like, I can see it being, like, an actual band that they put in there and, that, and replace right. it that or something, but. That'd be interesting. We kind of don't know anything about that movie other than the teaser nope.
1: trailer. So I said that a Bottom Carter is probably in it, <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Depp is probably yeah. Timothy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Timothy Key Mouse. But no, now now
1: I am curious. Do we have a cast at all for that movie? Not that I'm. I i do not You know what? This is a point of the podcast where JJ, JJ and I his look at IMDb <laughs> for yeah. things.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is the IMDb segment of a new new segment of the. uh, Danny DeVito is in it. (laughs) Oh boy. So. uh,
1: Colin Farrell?
0: Colin Farrell, Ava Green, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton. Um, And Tom Hanks was was reportedly in discussions for the role before Keaton was cast. All
1: right. (laughs) Oh, and most importantly, Michael Buffer's in this movie. Oh. Uh,
0: oh okay, I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> Now you're stalled. Uh, it, in January of 2017, it was announced that Will Smith was in talks to play the father of the children who develop a friendship with the lovable elephant after seeing him at a circus. However,
1: okay. Smith later passed on the role. So. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard a movie rumor where Will Smith wasn't in talks? <laughs> yeah,
0: it seems like he, he, you're already in the middle of a Disney movie. Let's just share like, well, uh,
1: a little bit. Oh, uh, you know, like uh, they're gonna make a movie about Lincoln, Will Smith and talks to play Lincoln. Like what? <laughs> yeah.
0: You know full well that would be an amazing movie. <laughs> so okay. I'd watch it. Dumbo, Dumbo. Coming out next year, March of next year. So, Are you worried
1: I'm, about it? Because we've not seen a lot and it's like, what, almost? Yeah. We're like five, six months away and we're not getting a lot of details. But at the same time, playing it close to
0: the vest, Disney likes to do that sometimes. So or most- maybe
1: it's just Tim, maybe Tim Burton's call there.
0: And Tim Burton is, is you know, he, he's very particular. So, <laughs> e-
1: eccentric is the word you could use. Yeah. Yes,
0: but um, I guess we can get to a little more of just minute details because anything that we talk about from here on out is going to be utterly depressing if we talk about more of the studio strike or World War two, which is <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> which is just oh, not like, pe- people love labor issues and war. Yeah.
0: yeah, labor issues and. Uh, uh genocide is just two things people come to when they see the word Disney in a podcast <laughs> title so
1: <laughs> and, and of course it's our it's our forte too it's a,
0: yes exactly
1: it's uh, right in our sweet spot
0: So yeah so you know the movie um, <laughs> the movie uh, made a good chunk of money cost them very little cost them under a million dollars to produce the movie which you know, hadn't they hadn't done yet every like even Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and Fantasia and Pinocchio are all you know million dollar budgets million dollar plus budgets um that, that's almost so 950,000 is virtually half of what it costs to make Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs it's also half the movie that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is in a sense like it's Short that they didn't have the same level of attention to detail of animation and everything, so you know, you have a studio strike, so you're working with you know, technically cheaper
1: (laughs) employees for a spell. Um, oh, you know what, JJ? I uh, upon further research, um, Jim Crow was not voiced by an African American actor, that's what I said. (laughs) I, I, I thought he was, and I, yeah. No, no, but, no the lead, no, Jim Crow, white dude,
0: whiter than white, singing in the rain. This I, is. I <laughs> think, think, think
1: what I was. The rest was of seeing, the crows, or yeah, fat, the fat crow is the same guy who was Uncle Remus. Yeah, yep, same guy. No, I must have glossed over that. Holy smokes, that just makes things terrible. Makes, and I'm sorry makes, for bringing it back there.
0: Yeah, it makes it makes it substantially worse. Knowing that the the Jim Crow is a white dude,
1: <laughs> man, yeah, oh, Disney, porky <laughs> porky Disney. So yeah,
0: the movie ended up making one point six million dollars. So perfectly fine, successful movie. G- gives them a gives them the money that they need to keep going. They do not have. Uh, European numbers at all so you know it probably would have been a two three million dollar movie if they had you know Europe in there but uh, right, right. Uh, it is their most uh, financially successful movie of the 40s at the, t- so. uh, at the time but you know things changed the movie was re-released a few times only a few times not very often it's never been re-released in theaters during our lifetime
1: nope I, I would have. I know. I would have. I've seen it probably. Yeah. So
0: forty nine, fifty nine, seventy two, and seventy six. So
1: yeah, that's good. Thirteen yeah. years before I was born.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. But little, little, just yeah. Seventy six. I, like, yeah. I feel like
1: it was shown on TV a lot when we were It kids.
0: was. It was the and it was like the first one I think to be shown on TV. I think yeah, it, was it was like, like the first movie that they had. Um, prepare on te- television, which is you
1: know, well, it, it, it was for sure on Wonderful World of Disney.
0: Oh, absolutely I did.
1: Sh- yeah. yeah, I'm Michael Eisner. Was- the story was- of Dumbo's a good one. <laughs> These freaking clouds are a problem. The crow's not so much. It's yeah. the movie.
0: <laughs> he really, he really, uh, probably, really felt like uh, a, you know. A, Circus ringmaster himself. So,
1: was, I always love Michael Eisner, like trying to like really to suppress the oh, this freaking guy.
0: Yeah, he he's like you could tell he's using every ounce of energy he has to try to be charming on camera, and it just makes <laughs> just makes him look like a cartoon himself. It was. <laughs>
1: You could see the rage vein in his forehead. Just,
0: uh, it's uh yeah. It was so. It was one of the first ones that they had on TV. It was one of the very first um, VHS tapes that they put out. It was Dumbo, yep. white clamshell and, case. Yeah, and I think Dumbo and Alice were like their first couple of VHS tapes. I think you're right. And Laserdisc. I think it was probably their first Laserdisc too. <laughs> Maybe it's a great laser disc because, like, you get like 30 minutes per side. You can fit the whole movie (laughs) on a single disc. It's great for them.
1: You know, it's great (laughs) flipping discs over to watch a movie.
0: (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, it was well, very well received when it came out. Everyone thought it was just like, it's nice, it's sweet, it's charming, it's very kind. There's very little, like, the, the character, like the character, is just friendly and sweet. Like the movie itself isn't, but it, <laughs> it's actually probably one of the crueler movies because everyone sucks in this movie except for Timothy Dumbo and the mom. And to the
1: lesser set, the crows.
0: And yeah, the crows start off as jerks, but they warm up. Yeah. But also, I love that the movie. We didn't talk about the ending because. It, it's not much. He just finally flies and you get like 30 seconds of Dumbo flying as he just tries to gun down everyone. <laughs> with, with peanuts. Like that's, just, if you were to make that, if you were to make that today, everyone would be like, it would like, this is a, uh, you know, this is a, uh, colloquy. It's about school shootings in <laughs> <or> something. like." <laughs> so I, I don't know how, like, it, it, it comes across as charming in this, but if you tried to do that today, I feel like it would people would uh, not take to it as kindly as him as the kid that was bullied turns oh.
1: around. Jeremy's poker yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's gonna be Tim Burton's uh, the 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 credit song for <laughs> just Jeremy, <laughs> just Jeremy, <Pearl> James <laughs> Jeremy is gonna be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, successful. People liked it. People enjoyed it. It's um, Leonard Malton, who is the Disney sort of, like, critic guy. Like, that's the guy they turn to when they need somebody to talk about stuff. Like I said, he's the one that introduces all of these Disney treasures and everything. And he says it's,
1: uh, what, like, one of their most charming movies of all time. Wait, um, real, how old was Leonard, Leonard Malton? Like, in his 70s, probably? Leonard Maltin? Yeah. Yeah, I think by this point. I, okay. Yeah. The, reason, the reason I ask is I, I feel like we're at the point now where you should challenge Leonard Maltin to like a Highlander-style duel.
0: <laughs> yeah, so
1: I just take over the Leonard Maltin's role of Disney, the guy that they turn
0: to. I just come on TV every once in a while. It's like, in 1964, Disney was working on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you just you just decapitate a and all this Disney knowledge flies out. Yeah, it fly, flies into you. You yeah. know, like, you see like like the silhouettes of the elephant yeah. ghosts of Winnie
0: the Pooh and the the, the the old the old men of Walt Disney Animation. Just I get abs- absorbed into my being. Yes, <laughs> I'm well, here. What's are having run Um, <laughs> this is um. Uh, so, it, it it has, you know, AFI obviously recognizes it across the board. It, it didn't, it's not on any of the lists, but it's like, hey, Baby Mine is absolutely one of the 100 best movie songs of all time, but it didn't make the list, kind of. Like, it is one of the best movie songs, but, you know, oh, it didn't God. make the list. Uh, not, not much, like, okay, so our typical, like, there's not much else, like, Nick, is there a video game for Dumbo?
1: Uh, yes. No, there is not a video game for Dumbo. There is. No, there. There's. If Nuri Dasuki Dumbo not walk a walk with Circus for the Pico. <laughs> it's
0: not <doesn't> really, uh.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. okay. That's a real game.
1: I'm not kidding. It's a real game.
0: Uh, I guess. It doesn't. <laughs> It's not really the spirit of the of the bit
1: here. Hey, <laughs> listen, I went and looked that up like two days ago before we were doing this podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, I he's going to say it's not a game, and it totally is. Narodasuki I mean, Dumbo no Wakawaku Circus.
0: <laughs> yeah, but is it? It's is it is it going to be one of those stupid things where it's like it's actually just a mystery castle game that they just shoved Dumbo into, and it only came out in
1: Japan. <laughs> it did only come on Japan. Um, I don't know, like I watched some gameplay of it earlier. It actually looks kind of fun. The crows are in it. Hey. That's Japan. We watched Dragon Ball Z. We know what their take
0: on caricatures are. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, well, it, it actually it's, it's it looks like it's pretty much just like a what I saw was like you're just flying around and popping balloon shaped like squares and rectangles and triangles. It's a match three puzzler, is what you're telling me. It features Dumbo. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's an I iOS game what? that it came out. Yeah. A decade is, yeah. Before IOS was even a glimmer in somebody's eye.
1: It's on. <laughs> a Dumbo game using the Streets of Rage engine.
0: Two the cute mouse fight off Mr. X's goons.
1: <laughs> hey, Dumbo, knock out that guy and eat that giant turkey. <laughs> Ah, uh, phone booth turkey uh, <laughs> phone barrel turkey uh no yes. it was developed by sega actually yeah developed sega developed the uh... i i
0: don't think very many things on the pico weren't developed by sega
1: <laughs> all the things
0: yes. i think i think all oh, i think the only games that existed were sega games because nobody thought that the pico was going to do anything for anyone so
1: but no, I so mean, it was a dream cat, the Dreamcast before the
0: Dreamcast, it becomes very uh, a common thread. Will be like, or do they have a video game? No, but they are in Kingdom Hearts. You could just assume. Yeah, <laughs> so it's safe too. Uh, hey.
1: Was he in? Was he in that? Um, what was that? Uh, that 3DS Mickey game? Was he in there? I don't think so. The one no. where you use a stylus. As a brush, was he yeah. in that
0: epic Mickey game? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think Dumbo. Okay, be there. yeah, but um, uh, okay. I think, I
1: think uh, he's in, he might be a magical world for the DS 3DS.
0: I think it's safe to assume that just theme park related something you will see Dumbo pop up because that will bring us to our next uh, question: Is there a theme park attraction?
1: Arguably, the most iconic theme park attraction.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, uh, a- and technically, it has a couple of theme park attractions. So you got Dumbo the Flying Elephant, which is obviously the most one of the most iconic Disney rides. It's just you sitting in Dumbo, going around in a circle, and you have control over if you're going up or down. Um, there's
1: a there's an urban legend about the Dumbo ride where uh, Harry Truman refused to ride it. Because it was a symbol of the Republican Party, and he didn't want to be seen writing in it.
0: I, uh, knowing Truman, I doubt that's urban legend and probably just pure fact. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to find out that's completely totally true. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, Dumbo the flying elephant is that. All the theme parks, like it's Disneyland, Disney World, Tokyo Disneyland, Paris, Hong Kong. If you go to a Disney, one of the major Disney theme parks, you'll find it there. And also, uh, both Disneyland and Disneyland Paris have the Casey Jr. Yep. Uh, so that's good. And, you know, there's music and stuff throughout, and then there's Casey Jr. has uh, a float, uh, like when they were doing the Main Street Electrical Parade and stuff. So. Got So yeah, a very a very big and iconic presence at the theme parks. Uh, unlike some of the movies that we'll see, that it's going to be a little bit until we have another uh, uh, a major presence. So also, I guess the last bullet point we always have is: is there a sequel, whether it be theatrical or straight to video or what have you? The no, remake uh, does not count.
1: <laughs> uh, no, but not for lack of trying.
0: Exactly. It's the uh, same Dumbo, song and Dumbo,
1: dance. Dumbo was in the opening credits of the Mickey Mouse Club, though. Yes. yes. Uh,
0: uh, you're going to have the same song and dance... Uh, for several of these sequels, because like Disney didn't know really know what they were doing, so it's like, yeah, let's make Dumbo 2. They'll take it'll pick up at the very end of the first Dumbo, and then John Lasseter comes in and says, <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> so uh, on the uh, on the 60th anniversary DVD, they kind of hint at uh, a sequel. They like, was like, uh, some of the bonus features. Yeah, there's actually like really strong like an indication that they 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 they're gonna do a sequel.
0: Well, is- they actually, they, they. I, I don't even think it's. I don't even think it was so much uh, teasing, so much as they had like actual artwork, like, "Hey, here's some storyboards and character designs." Like, yeah, they were making it, but like, yeah, they then eventually lasted or took over in two thousand and six, and this is the third time we've said it because the same thing happened with Snow White, same thing happened with uh, Pinocchio, and the same thing happened here with. Um, uh, John Lasseter took over the studio and said, no, we're not making a sequel to this movie. And
1: yeah. Which is funny, considering it's John Lasseter, because yeah. he loves sequels. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, Dumbo, like,
0: I don't know what that's, like, you know, uh, what story do you really need with Dumbo? I mean, I like that Happily Ever After, now he's a major... Pop culture icon, and we don't need the downfall of Dumbo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's gambled it all the way.
0: Yeah, D- Dumbo behind the circus or something. Some VH1 special of Dumbo. Like we don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dumbo is a uh, just. He's really in deep with the mob. Now I, I guess.
0: Do. I guess. I think the original idea was like, "Hey, where's Mister Jumbo?" <laughs> and I think that really was what the plot of the movie was,
1: like... So the the Aladdin sequel, then, basically?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Dumbo. Quick, easy, the controversy that surrounds it, like, outside of the Crows, which was a pretty controversial thing, but, like, the production issues they had were all sort of outside issues, not directly related to just the making of the movie. Like some of the production is, and they didn't really have much problem like making the movie once they were making it. It's just strike and the war kind of screwed things up. So, you know, they, they set out with the, uh, with the expressed uh, vision of, Hey, we're going to make a short quick movie we're not going to put all the bells and whistles in it like we have for the last three we need to make money and this is the best way to do it and they did it they accomplished exactly what they set out to do and they made a, considering how less of their heart was into it i think they succeeded for the most part even though it's not my favorite like i said at the beginning and i'm not really the biggest fan of dumbo it's still a charming wonderful little movie it's better oh. than it's better than a, a lot of non Disney cartoons, and it's <laughs> going to be better than a lot of other Disney
1: cartoons. So yeah, dude, it is, and and I love Dumbo, and and you know if you if, you know as people around my age, if you ask them like when they're you know you if you'd ask me when I was eight years old, like who's your favorite Disney character? I probably would have said Dumbo. I know now. I know who, who I was. Would...
0: Uh,
1: who would you? I... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, when I was eight, I would said Scrooge McDuck, but that's kind of there.
0: Yeah, well, For me, it was, it was uh, Baloo. Would have been Baloo. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just a laissez-faire attitude towards life is a really cool thing for a kid. Like, look at he's an adult. He's just doing whatever he wants. That's rad. So yeah. if Baloo's your favorite
1: character is Thomas O'Malley 1A because of the same character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. They're literally the same character. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of
0: course. But, uh... Yeah, and then he also owns an airplane. How cool is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we got Operation Dumbo Drop because of that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's our sequel, boy. JJ.
0: Boy, that that now see take Operation Dumbo Drop, but make it a tailspin movie.
1: <laughs> oh man, balloon. Now I'm so. Has- but get but get Dennis slurry back in the movie. <laughs>
0: Okay, I think if we just keep going, we're just gonna we're just kinda absolutely off the rails. Yeah, it's already off the rails. Like uh, this Casey Junior train can only go
1: so hard. And the, this in the podcast is longer than the actual movie now.
0: Yes, I, I yes, actually, I do believe yes, it is officially as of yeah. right now. We,
1: longer than we, did, we did
0: it. it. Just, we wasted
1: everyone's time. time. Yeah,
0: Yay! Time to avoid, but we accomplished it nonetheless. Nick. I had a great time talking with you about Dumbo. Likewise. It was, I I know you're a little disappointed in my, uh, opinions on Dumbo, but, uh, I think we, I I I think we, I think we handled this discussion as well as we could. We'll try to skirt around some of the more difficult issues, like, you know, labor issues and war and, uh, Racism, so which is yeah. all of the controversy surrounding this movie, <laughs> and as so as much as I would like to get into the nuts and bolts of the uh, Disney animation strike, that is like that will be a premium episode or
1: sometime down the road or something <laughs> for Patreon or Patreon subscribers. and yeah. no, it, 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 it's okay that you know I like double War and you do because this podcast would be boring if we agreed on everything. Exactly,
0: and I uh, and s- well, speaking of agreeing on everything, I think we can agree that uh, uh, Fantasia is still the best movie of the four that we've watched.
1: <laughs> I concur.
0: Um, so, but after that, our lists take a hard deviation deviation because you said Dumbo is your number two at this
1: point. Ye- yes, it is.
0: The Dumbo is my number four at this point. So, uh,
1: but uh, I, next week, ooh, finish, finish yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was, was going to say like I, like next week we might deviate even further.
0: Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know what your opinion is, but you've alluded to it enough of what your opinion is about next week's movie, which is the movie that they've been working on for a substantial amount of time at this point, uh, Bambi. Uh, the, 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 the a uh, heart wrenching movie <laughs> uh for a child but you know we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there next week uh
1: we'll so, shoot, we'll shoot that down when we get to it i mean crap <laughs> uh,
0: okay I, got, yeah. we got, I have to turn this off now i have to stop this <laughs> so You can, we are now on iTunes. You can like and subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify. We're on Spotify now, so you can do that. And Stitcher, so pretty much anywhere. Should be Google Play by the time you hear this, hopefully. Uh, So pretty much anywhere. You can subscribe and download and listen. Uh, You can go to DisneyCompendium.com. Just takes you straight to the website. I'm going to be doing some other written stuff for the website soon uh sort of annexes and you
1: know let us know if you night. want Ginger to write, to write up a big long article about the uh the labor strike
0: yeah because he's not he's my... not
1: he's not busy so Thank you.
0: I'm not busy i'm not ever doing du- i'm not working nope. <laughs> well, but uh yeah so disney uh you can follow me on twitter at the underscore double underscore J. And Nick, you're DJ Jazzy Jones, correct?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, I am.
0: And uh, the official Twitter feed for the show is Diz Compendium. Uh, Don't really have... I'll I'll start using it. (laughs) It's there. I just needed to save it, but I'll start using it. But yeah, like, subscribe, review, email, uh, tweet, whatever. Whatever you want. Get in contact. I'd appreciate it. I'd love it. But until then, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Nick, I'd like to thank you again for joining me on another weekend, tying you up for another over hour. (laughs) My pleasure. And until next week, have a magical day.
1: Bye.